Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Exchange Traded Fridays podcast, and it's all about uh, ETFs in the news, in the media, and just all over the place. So we are looking at the local and global markets, and we've got a range of things to check out. So let's get underway. So this week, this is for issue three, August 6th, 2021. So if you've already been subscribing, uh, we hope that you've been able to see some really interesting insights. If you haven't yet, then you can sign up at the etftracker.com.au page. Now, this is the uh, read through that we put out on Spotify and also on YouTube. So for people on YouTube, you can see uh, as we scroll through what's going on with the newsletter. And for those that are listening in who prefer to do that on the way to work, at the gym, uh, whatever it is, then you can listen on Spotify, but also on our ETF tracker page. So let's take a look at what happened, what was going on in, uh, in you know, issue three. So it's another week of Olympics action um, and our local Australians, they are sitting currently at fourth in the medal tally behind China, the USA and Japan. We had a slew of medals come out this week. Um, here's a chart that shows where we're sitting. So currently we've got 17 gold um, and total of 38 medals there. So this is our best haul since Athens 2004. So there's still a few chances to win some more. Um, let's hope that we can get there. Uh, just saw the boomers and the opals bow out of our well, Opal's bow of medal contention. That's the women's basketball team, so that's a shame. But the Boomers, who just lost to the USA earlier today, um, they're still in it. They can get bronze. Um, so hopefully we can get that first medal for Aussie men's basketball. Um, back to local markets. And this week we saw some big news, which was Afterpay being acquired by US payments company Square for $39 billion. There's a bit of a coup for both the owners of that company plus investors. So also for ETF markets, because there's a few that have exposure to that, especially those that have exposure to the buy now, pay later stocks. So we saw zip go up, split it go up. Um, everyone kind of just rise with the tide um, as there was that good news there. Uh, globally, it was all about ETF flows as we saw articles highlighting more money going into ETFs than ever before. And more of that money going to active managers than before. So we also got a view on some of the thematic trends for those ETFs. And then we also had a podcast inception moment. So um, we were proud to be part of another podcast. Um, so we'll mention that a little bit later from TEP Investments. They're an up and coming bunch. So yeah, this is a, a bumper issue. So there's a lot of detail here, a lot of videos, and uh, we, we hope that you are strapped in and ready. So before we uh, continue, in terms of the newsletter, for those that read uh, and uh, subscribe to it there, or for those watching on YouTube, um, one of the bits of feedback we got was to have a bit of a page of contents. So we've now got all of the sections that are in the newsletter. There's a lot here. So they are the, the listen or watch um, kind of components that we have at the start where we have the links um, to these uh, ETF, uh, sorry, Exchange Traded Fridays uh, podcasts and videos. We've got the local articles, global articles. We've got a list of videos. We've also got the podcasts. Um, we've added webinars this week. So there's a couple of webinars. So whenever there's something coming up um, in the next couple of weeks that we see, um, that's been announced. We'll make sure that we put that there so that if you're interested, uh, you can check that out. Uh, we also put up the chart of the week. We've got ETF education, more on the ETF tracker app. 
uh, ETF Tracker Forum and obviously the socials where you might be already watching this right now. Um, so as I said, you can watch on YouTube, you can listen on Spotify, and you can also check it out on the ETF Tracker page for more of that info. Um, so let's get to the articles. Um, the first one is up from Livewire Markets and they go into um, why Square's $39 billion bid is only the beginning for Afterpay. So whilst it's not directly an ETF play, we do see quite a few ETFs with um, holdings in the Aussie buy now pay later uh, stock. ATEC has the biggest exposure with 18% and we can see that with one of the apps that we've got at ETF Tracker. Um, other ETFs have lower amounts. And in this article, uh, Ali Selby of Livewire and Joe Maggia of Lakehouse Capital go through more details there. So we click on that one. And we're just going to the article now. So if you're not already subscribed to Livewire, you really need to make sure that you get on board with them because they've got some great articles from um, various fund managers and professionals in the investment space. So they go through the deal in a little bit of detail and what happened to Afterpay after that. Um, there was some details here on whether there's support for Square's bid for Afterpay. Um, so they basically spoke to uh, Joe Maggia and they took a look at uh, some of the further details. So he mentions that they're supportive. Uh, they think that the deal makes a lot of sense. Square brings scale, distribution and structurally lower cost of capital that Afterpay would never have been able to match on its own. So while Square will benefit greatly from leveraging those strengths to enhance the value of Afterpay, um, that's why in addition to being a lot of cheddar, it's an all stock deal and not all cash. They also take a look at um, whether it's likely that any bidders will come out of the woodwork. Um, and they also take a look at, does this put other Aussie buy now pay later companies in play? Could we see further M&A? Um, and basically, you know, they've said that the deal validates the BNPL, buy now pay later um, kind of sector is here to stay. Um, so yeah, uh, they, they also say that if I was a, a small arrival, I wouldn't be necessarily thrilled uh, to hear this news. Um, so yeah, definitely take a look at this. There's quite a few charts in there. Um, Lakehouse invested in Afterpay in early 2017, and they've uh, got here a couple of big lessons that um, they note that are worth highlighting during their time as a shareholder. So lots to take a look at there. So definitely worth checking out. Let's go back to another uh, Livewire article. In this case, it's a follow-up. Uh, from Glenn Freeman last week they did, well actually this is also from last week, it came out on Friday. So I'm going to include it here because there was a mega trends um, themes to, to look into and that featured various um, fund managers and CIOs and uh, ETF securities, Kanish Chug um, was in there as well. But that was on the positive that we included in the newsletter. This is the themes to avoid, so what they call the fake mega trends. So if you jump to the ETF, uh, section here. What was interesting is that Kanish has said that some of the things that you want to uh, avoid, uh, basically, let's take a look here. Uh, we had this before. So um, COVID uh, and remote working has, yeah, it's definitely changed corporate life, but it's not a long-term trend. So because there's going to be a balance between people going into the office and working remotely, it's something to just be careful of, especially if you're a long-term investor. It's great if you've been able to make some money in those types of stocks, um, sorry, ETFs as well. 
uh, get in and get out. But unless um, you think that that is going to be a long-term play, it is something to be careful of um, or maybe even avoid. So those COVID ETFs and the work from home. So definitely something to uh, definitely something to look at there. So another Livewire one. So great for the Livewire uh, subscribers. Definitely take a look at that. And then we take a look at best ETFs. So this is the... Uh, this is the education kind of and, and insights section from uh, Rask. And in this one, Jazz Harrison uh, talks about two ETFs that could give you some good uh, growth uh, in the future. So they are Quality, QLTY, that's the BetaShares Global Quality Leaders ETF. And we've also got the BetaShares Cloud Computing ETF, which is CLDD. And that's the great thing about ETFs that they have these ticker names that also give you a bit of a detail about what is under the hood there. So CLDD, cloud, it is cloud computing, and BetaShares quality, so quality, QLTY. So this is their preferred ETF of the two. So they talk about it first, um, and they say it's an investment that is only goes for businesses that rank highly on a number of metrics. Uh, those factors that they look at are return on equity, debt to capital, cash flow generation ability, and earnings stability. So essentially, these are businesses that make consistent profit, generate good cash flow, don't have much debt, and don't need tons of shareholder money to keep operating and growing. Now, the good thing about both of these, the BetaShares um, ETFs, is that if you want to take a look at the holdings, so we've got the ETF tracker app that looks at what the monthly trends are going back to 2017. Uh, we data from the ASX and ChiX um, exchanges. But if you want to look under the hood for these BetaShares holdings, we've got both of these in our holdings analysis app as well. So you can take a look at that on ETF Tracker. So um, that's those ones there. The next one is uh, ETF Securities Weekly ETF Monitor for last week. So this came out on Tuesday this week, so only a couple of days ago. So you go to this page, they've got um, the ETF monitors under resources. So when you go to ETF Securities, go to resources and ETF monitors. And then you can see the uh, one for the week ending 30th of July. So it downloads as a PDF. And when we take a look at that, I'll just zoom in here. The top of the page is all about performance. Um, the next tables are about flows. So the best performing over the last one week was the Gold Miners ETF from BetaShares, followed by the Gold Miners ETF from Van Eck. So they likely have a couple of crossover names in there. So that's MNRS and GDX. They were 5.7% up in the week and 5.2% up. And the worst performer was a China AMC Asia ETF from Van Eck and the BetaShares Asia Technology ETF um, Asia. So it's CETF and Asia down nearly 9% and down 5%. But that has bounced back a little bit. So make sure you keep an eye out on that. And it's very short term. So depending on what kind of investment style you're in, that might not really affect things long-term and um, you know, something to, to definitely look out for. Um, ETFs are definitely defined by what is popular um, across the ETF landscape. So it's important uh, to take a look at flows and we take a look at flows on the monthly basis, but um, ETF securities have these flows uh, that they put out each week. So there's the year to date, there's what's happened in the week, and what is the last 12 months. So just in the week that has passed, the most money uh, went into the iShares Core Cash ETF. That is B-I-L-L. -L. 
that saw 40 million go into it. And then there's the BetaShares A200, the Australia 200 ETF, and that saw $34 million uh, go into it. So definitely um, two that are worth looking at. So if you wanna look at that, that's from ETF Securities and that's their weekly monitor. And just going back to the newsletter, um, another one that I, I thought I would put in is um, this AFR wealth generation uh, story about Open Markets Group doing a bit of analysis on meme stocks. And this is important because in the ETF world, often you will find that um, if you're interested in getting exposure to a certain type of stock or asset, you'll go through it via ETFs. And it's important to look at what's under the hood because some of the stocks that may have been popular or memeing um, in terms of their peak kind of hype on uh, Google Trends or Reddit, uh, some of them might not perform that well over the long term. And so this AFR Wealth Generation article, um, it actually comes out as a newsletter and I've got that um, sent to myself here. So you can take a look at that. Um, but also you can sign up for the Wealth Generation newsletter over here. So uh, there is a link um, to the AFR's Wealth Generation sign up page. But if you type in AFR and Wealth Generation, you'll be able to see that. It was also out in uh, the Australian as well. So you can see that story there. Um, I'll just see if we can, let's type in meme stocks. Here we go. So meme stocks uh, create more winners than losers. Uh, looks like I need to just log in. So I'll just do that. Hopefully very quickly. Still got my old email address there from work. Old work that is, but that's okay. All right, so let's take a look at this. So um, the ASX listed meme stocks are proving a cash sinkhole for most investors, hoping to strike it rich on the market. Um, new research shows that the most popular speculative stocks are on average lose one third of their value within three months of, the, of obtaining meme status. So uh, if you're not familiar with that kind of stuff, I guess the best example would have been GameStop, which saw its share price lift by 1500%. Um, a lot of people who hadn't even invested got into the markets, whether ETFs or looking for other speculative names like GameStop. They saw it from um, the popularity of all of this. And so um, Open Markets Group, OMG, took a look at Reddit, took a look at Google, and uh, found quite a few stocks where in the run-up to some of these names, such as say 88 Energy, um, Doe, um, Digital Wine Ventures, in the run-up um, to their being popular on say Google Trends and the amount of mentions on Reddit, they saw that uh, the price would run up for many of these stocks, uh, you know, going up 200, 300, whatever it was percent. But in the aftermath, after it has hit peak, peak meme, um, it's had its memeing, um, basically those stocks would drop by uh, up to a third or even more over um, longer periods of time. So definitely worth making sure that you understand what it is that you're buying into and just be careful that just because um, your neighbor, your mates, or someone that you see in the news um, has made a lot of money on certain stocks, that does not necessarily guarantee that that run is going to continue, whether it's crypto, ETFs, or, or even stocks. So if you're a subscriber to The Australian, or if you are a subscriber to the, uh, uh, the AFR's Wealth Generation newsletter, you'll be able to see that there as well. And we include here, um, 
a chart from the AFR Wealth Generation newsletter that we get. So make sure you take a look at that. All right, so we're about the 15 minute mark. So let's go to global. And in the global world, uh, a lot of the talk this week was about uh, ETF flows. So let's take a look at this first article from Bloomberg. Hopefully we can get to it. Um, okay, so I've hit my, <laughs> I haven't got my subscription active to Bloomberg, but if you sign up, you'll be able to see, you'll be able to see that article there. I should sort that out for next week, but basically the gist of it, and if you do um, sign up as a subscriber to that, I think you can watch, or sorry, you can see a couple of articles for free um, to begin with but uh, I'll make sure if I include a Bloomberg article for next week, because I'm not gonna go back and start the recording again for this, um, that I do you know, have that uh, subscription sorted. I think I, look, I took a look at too many articles uh, this month, but that's okay. The gist of it is that active managers are taking up more of the share of money, uh, new money going to ETFs in 2021, as opposed to previously, and that more investors um, are making concentrated bets with discretionary asset managers. 12% um, of total flows have gone to active this year, even though active only takes up at the moment 4% of the market. So there is that upward trend um, there. So that's something definitely worth looking at. Um, let's jump over to uh, the ETF stream article because this also talks about flows and this one is into um, index funds. So investors in S&P 500, 400 and 600 index funds have saved $357 billion in 25 years. So in this article, they take a look at um, the rise of index investing um, since the turn of the millennia um, and how great a tool it has been and the benefits and saving on costs and taxes and all those kinds of fees that you would normally pay if you were to buy a lot of these holdings uh, and individual kind of stocks that are held by these ETFs, if you try to do that, replicate that yourself, um, you, you will spend a lot of money basically. So um, basically they have taken a look at uh, what has um, been able to be done thanks to ETFs. Um, there's a couple of quotes here. So the late Jack Bogle, founder of Vanguard said that before costs, beating the market is a zero sum game. After costs, it is a loser's game. So he was a proponent, the, the godfather, the founder of uh, index um, style investing. Um, he didn't necessarily uh, like ETFs, um, certain types of ETFs, um, or maybe it was all of them. But uh, yeah, if you think about you know what ETFs are, they're meant to track an index for the passive ones, and that's how they started off. So they are a bit of an homage to the godfather of index investing. Uh, in the research notes uh, that they've got here titled Strengths of Savings, sorry, Strength of Savings, um, Anuganti Senior Director Index Investment Strategy at SPDJI. So the rise of passives has been one of the significant trends in modern financial history. Now he points to the biannual SPIVA scorecard, which shows 94% of all large cap US managers lag the S&P 500 over the past 20 years as at the end of 2020. Now the thing to, to be mindful of is that this might seem like, um, you know, and we see it in the Aussie markets as well and global markets that um, it is hard to be an active manager and uh, passive does beat but there are those active managers that do beat and when they beat, they don't just track an index, they massively can outperform it and they're built for that. Um, the hard thing is having those consistent returns year over year over year. So if you do find a good manager, 
yeah, it's it's definitely something worth having in your portfolio. Um, you know, a mix of active and passive. So overall, index investors, uh, sorry, index assets tracking the S and P five hundred have surged to five point four trillion dollars as at December twenty twenty. Um, so while the market share of passives has increased ten percent in nineteen ninety six to 17% in 2020. So there is that increase more and more. And this is an article from uh, ETF Stream. So they do a lot of stuff uh, in ETFs in Europe, the US and Australia. So make sure to check that one out. Uh, one here from CNBC. Um, these are 2021's next big themes according to two top ETF managers. And they talk about hydrogen and clean living. So let's take a look at that one. All right, so there's a video that loads. Uh, we won't play that one. Um, don't want to get copyright struck or whatever it is. Um, so hydrogen could be one of 2021's next big investing themes, says one top ETF manager. And uh, they take a look at, and this is GlobalX. Um, they launched their hydrogen ETF, HYDR. So easy to understand what that one would be, hydrogen. Um, so they launched that one to go a little bit back into the history. 11 years ago, last week, we launched a lithium and battery tech ETF. Over the course of 11 years, electric, uh, electric vehicle sales have gone from 0% of the global auto industry to about 3% of the global auto industry. And that theme is likely to rise. Um, with a lot of, com uh, sorry, a lot of countries um, saying that they're going to get rid of the internal combustion engine ICE engines, ICE, uh, over the next couple of years. So there is definitely a trend up for that. So hydrogen's the play that they've got there. And then the next one is clean living. And this article says that clean living could join clean energy as one of the 2021's uh, top themes. And this is from Amplify ETFs. Their founder um, and CEO, Christian Magoon, said in the same ETF Edge interview, Amplify has seen a lot of interest in its recently launched Cleaner Living ETF, and it's got a great name as well, DTOX, Detox. Um, so particularly from those that are also interested in ESG or environmental, social, and governance-based investing. So the firm is also preparing to launch a digital and online trading ETF that holds the likes of Coinbase, Charles Schwab, and Robinhood. Um, so Robinhood just uh, listed recently, so it's definitely one uh, worth looking at. So that's the article from CNBC. Uh, so we've done one, two, three. Let's take a look at this FT one. So going back to overall flows and what was really interesting, um, people spoke about last year, 2020 being the year of ETFs. So let's take a look at this headline. US ETF inflows surged past 500 billion this year to eclipse 2020 record. So as of July or early August, the total amount of inflows into US ETFs has beaten all of last year. All of last year was a record. So this is a massive, massive amount. Net inflows into US listed ETFs are running at 505 billion so far this year, topping the total for 2020 by 1 billion. So um, that's according to CFRA uh, uh, data and research service. Um, Total US ETF assets under management have hit 6.6 um, trillion. So that is the total AUM or funds under management. A reminder, in Australia, we hit 115.7 billion uh, in June. So we're gonna get the, you know, it's, it's August 5 right now uh, that we're recording this newsletter. So by the time it is next week, probably by this time next week, or maybe a few days earlier, we should have where we're going for um, July. 
And I expect that if it's a, between the 1 million to 2 million of inflows that we, we could quite well be close to 118 million um, in uh, FUM for Australia. And they take a look at the breakdown here. Um, so equity listed, uh, sorry, equity ETFs lead the record run. We also see the same thing here as well. The majority of uh, money goes into equity ETFs. And when you go to the homepage for ETF tracker, um, and you flip over from performance to fund or inflows, it is equity ETFs followed by fixed income that lead the majority. And they see that here, so year to date in the blue. So this is a chart where it shows um, a bar chart, basically other assets, commodities, fixed income, equities, and then the total kind of market uh, inflows for the year. And it shows that this year, year to date, um, what's really done well has been equity ETFs. So it's not quite double all of last year, but it's already surpassed all of last year. Fixed income is about halfway. So it's going to be a record year for 2021. So we've got still um, you know, four months uh, to go, four or five months of data to come through. So it'll be really interesting to see where that goes. Um, they also have another chart here showing Vanguard leads the way with inflows among major ETF managers. So it, in first spot, it's Vanguard. After that, it's BlackRock with their iShares ETFs. And then we have uh, State Street, Invesco, Schwab, and JP Morgan. So definitely take a look at that article from the FT.com. And then we've got two more in the global list. Um, so the first one is from The Street. Um, so this one is titled Tuttle Files for a Short Arc ETF. And the article is about um, the Short Arc ETF that was recently filed uh, as a move in investment sentiment against the famed Cathy Wood led Arc Invest Fund. More on this topic in the video section below, so further down you'll see that. But if you want to read uh, about it, or you know, listen to me <laughs> read about it for you, um, basically there is a fund manager um, called Tuttle Tuttle Capital Management. You get a video here with a famed uh, Jim Cramer. I'm not sure if uh, you guys know who he is, but if you watch CNBC, you will see that. So CNBC, he is always on there with his Mad Money show. A lot of sound effects. Interestingly, there was a George Clooney movie where he played a character that was uh, based off of Jim Cramer. So um, for those that are interested, I'll include that in the comments. Um, so Tuttle Capital Management just filed to launch the Tuttle Short Arc ETF, S-A-R-K, Short Arc. Its objective, just what it sounds like, it's going to use swap agreements in order to bet against the $22 billion ARK Innovation ETF, ARKK. So SARK plans on charging 0.75% annually. Um, and basically uh, it is one ETF betting against another ETF. So for those of you who might be against uh, the innovation fund that the Cathy Woods uh, put together, there's been a lot of negative sentiment against it as performance has dipped, uh, a lot of outflows that it's had. If you see that trend continuing and you want to get into an ETF that shorts it, um, then you can get into this SARC ETF. Or you might have a portfolio of a lot of positive technology players and I've seen people do things like having a short in there um, so that at least that if uh, the markets do go down that they have some protection of their whole portfolio going down. So that's definitely something worth looking at. But yeah, nice uh, short video here, bit about the launch. So something to look at there. 
And then another one was uh, Robin Hood. So that was a bit of a news story. So that fell 8% on its first day, surged another 50% in the second day. It's 100% up this week and we've still got a day to trade. So who knows where it's gonna go? Um, but I remember reading um, and listening to some commentators saying that, you know, this is a, just a meme thing. It's over after it fell 8% and it's bounced back. So this article from CNBC goes into a bit more detail there about how the stock closed up to 70.39%, bringing its weekly gain to more than 100%. It did touch $85 at one point. So it opened at $38 per share to begin with. So definitely um, a bit of a rally there. And so they take a look a little bit later here, and we just mentioned the ARK Invest Fund. And what's uh, what they're saying here is it's unclear exactly what is driving the stock higher uh, on Wednesday, but on Tuesday, ARK Invest Kathy Wood purchased 89,000 shares of Hood. So the Robin Hood uh, ticket is Hood, H-O-O-D. Um, so Kathy Wood's ARK Innovation uh, ETF um, has a position worth roughly 4.2 million based on Robin Hood's closing price of $46.80. So the position adds um, to the approximately 3.15 million shares of Robin Hood that the company has had since its debut. So they've they already bought in and they bought in some more. So that could be part of the reason why, but there could be more. So the article goes into a bit more detail, um, talks about a bit of the payment for order flow, uh, there's a lot of articles on that, the, you know, the pros and the cons. Um, there are cons, definitely, but uh, it has opened up a lot of the market to uh, people able to get in. So um, I've heard both sides. It, it's something definitely worth looking at if you believe in Hood, uh, Robin Hood and what they're doing, or if you think that, um, you know, given the fact that a lot of their money comes from payment for order flow and that's going to be clamped down upon very likely from the SEC, uh, that that is something worth considering. So um, just buyer beware out there. Okay, so in the videos, we have a um, continuation of the bumper week in our ETF videos. So uh, we only list a few of the ones that we saw below. A lot of them come from Ausbiz just because they put out so much great content in terms of ETF videos. Almost on the daily, there are ETF videos coming out. So um, definitely sign up, uh, so that, and that's free and very easy to sign up now. Um, we also check out the compound, um, and in their story, they, they talk about the ARC, short ARC ETF. Um, they say that it might be more of a marketing play than anything, but uh, it does present an interesting pair trade opportunity as the guys there discuss. So look up pair trade. Um, it is what I kind of mentioned before, kind of, in, in the sense that, um, a pair trade would be more about looking at a, say a certain sector that you might be interested in and going long on a really popular kind of, uh, not popular, but something that you believe is gonna do really well, but also to just hedge your bet, shorting the, um, the asset or the ETF or the equity that you think is not gonna do as well because that does just protect you a little bit um, if things go against you either way. So definitely take a look at that. Um, or you could, you know, you can look at Investopedia. There's a lot of good information there. We might include that in future. Uh, additionally, they mention the latest news on Bitcoin regulation with SEC Chair Gary Gensler talking about crypto and other token type products needing regulation just as much as any other security. Now, you would think that this is a negative um, for the potential for crypto type assets, ETFs, 
uh, but actually it could be quite a positive and they go through that. So take a look. And then additionally, we also include um, Kenny Polkari and his daily updates. Kenny uh, is a good friend of mine. Um, I've met him a couple of times thanks to work uh, colleagues and being able to work in New York um, and yeah, do some stuff over there. So Kenny's a CNBC and Ausbiz market contributor in the US. Um, he travels around, so often based in Florida, but sometimes he'll be in New York or Boston. I think he was in Tennessee this week, so definitely take a look at what his backdrop is, and you can see that there. He's a former NICE trader, New York Stock Exchange trader, been there for 30 years. Um, and along with his daily newsletter, you also get some cool food recipes at the end of each of his episodes. So in his newsletter, you can take a look at that. Um, but also his, uh, he's got videos now. So he puts those out on his socials. I watch them through YouTube and I include the latest one here, but um, that comes out late night in Australia. So if you wake up in the morning, you can see um, those videos for, they're, they're aimed at the US markets when he goes on Ausbiz uh, or whatever Australian news channel he's been on, he's been on Sky News, etc. Um, he has spoken about the close in the US. So just after market closes, he's been on here. So take a look at that, that's 14 minutes. The Ausbiz episode, so we take, um, this is from Thursday going back to Monday. Um, there was the one from 4th of August, the ETF Investor's Guide to Friday's Jobs Read in America. That was with Brad Dunn of E-Invest. And then there was the August 3rd one, an opportunity for those seeking global investments. That's Darren Thompson of Equity Trustees who just launched their own ETF. So take a look at that. And then we have another one on August 3, three ETFs for the growth versus value uh, debate. And that's Alex Holmes at BetaShares. Then we have uh, why buy the Amazon dip and James Whelan of VFF, VFS Group goes through that. And then we have Kanish uh, from ETF Securities again. He gives his report card on the fangs. So fangs pass, but not with flying colors. So if you're interested in that uh, and need to see what they've got to say, take a look at that one there. You can click on that link. And then uh, there's another one from Damon Gozen from Van Eck on the same day. Perspective is key to investing in China. And we had a lot of that uh, tumultuousness last week. Um, definitely would be interested in taking a look at that if you're a holder of any equity or ETF that has that China exposure. Now we mentioned what the compound uh, was going through above. Um, and then ETF securities have an interesting one on their partner series, understanding the role of the market maker. And they talk with Susquehanna for that one there. So take a look. So that's videos. So as you can see, there's quite a few there. We list the minutes so that just in case, you know, if you're gonna to listen to the compound and you wanna do it all in one go, you need 39 minutes um, there, just like you would need a good bit of minutes if you're gonna to listen to this podcast or watch the video. All right, so uh, in terms of podcasts, it was an interesting week. Um, so what we saw was a bit of a podcast inception. So us appearing, um, ETF tracker that is, talking with Tom Perferman over in Oxford in the UK. So Tom is an Aussie. Uh, he is studying over there. He is into data and he's got his own investments. He was in Livewire. I include a link to the article here. He was interviewed by uh, Livewire founder James Marley about his small caps uh, type of investing. And he's got a investment company called TEP Investments. So he's building up his followers on LinkedIn and he interviewed me to talk about quite a few interesting things. So if you take a look at this, uh, when we click on it, it goes to Spotify 
and it's gonna show you um, a bit of a synopsis on the page. He probably does better than me in terms of what he puts for the episode content. I haven't uh, done that much for mine just yet, but definitely you know, worth um, learning from others that have done it before and are doing it better in terms of the podcast. So we talk about my background, early professional experiences, bit of my experience in investment banking um, globally and overseas. Sorry, globe. <laughs> overseas and locally. And then we also do a deep dive into the ETF space and the state of analytics in equity and just other research here in the market. So something worth uh, listening to if you've got um, a couple of minutes uh, spare there. So that one goes for about 16 minutes. And then last week, it was a bumper edition in terms of uh, US markets. So ETF Prime, um, if you don't follow them, you definitely should take a look uh, at that. They had a massive podcast. It was 81 minutes. Um, they spoke with Bloomberg's Eric Balchunas on Bitcoin ETFs. They also spoke about ARK Invest and more. Um, they talked about as well what was driving um, the record flows into the market. But um, they also take a look at what the potential headwinds are that ETF flows, at least over in the US, face and potentially here as well. Um, so that's things like the spread of the Delta variants of COVID, um, further inflation uh, debate, whether it's going to go up uh, or is it going to stay low for a while longer, um, the battle of the major economies like China and the US, and they also talk about valuations as well. And that's just in the first um, 10 to 15 minutes. So that's definitely a lot. Um, so after that, it's Bitcoin ETFs and then ARK Invest. So long episodes to so make sure you you know, you tune into that, you might need to take your time with that. And now a new one, which is a couple of webinars. So both uh, featuring beta shares. The first one is Superhero with beta shares on the 10th of August. And that is all about the popular trading platform and ETF issuer talking about um, what investors, uh, ETF, in this webinar, ETF investors will learn how to take control and choose where their super is invested as well as a live Q&A. So if you saw our newsletter last week or if you're looking at the markets, you would have been aware that Superhero launched their super product. So that allows you to invest your superannuation into ETFs. So if you're interested in that, there is a live webinar being held next week. If you click on this link, it'll take you to the signup page and you can take a look at that. And then the next uh, beta shares one was the quarterly economic and investment update from BetaShares. So their chief economist, David Bassanese, he discusses some of the most important investment themes emerging over the second half of this year. So definitely take a look at that one. Um, the tweet of the week, and in this one, it comes from The Street, and that is a company that is, I think, part owned or wholly owned. Um, by Jim Cramer, who we mentioned before, we saw um, up in the CNBC link before. But in this tweet that they've got, um, and we include the link and also an image here, they show the top performing ETFs in the US for the month of July. So definitely take a look at that if you are a ETF investor um, in the US markets. And we get to the chart of the week, and this one comes as a screen grab from uh, the compound video and podcast that we list above. It shows the maximum drawdowns investors would have had each year if they had been long-term buyers and holders of Amazon stock from inception, so pre-2000, um, holding that until now. And what we can see on the chart here is the percentage change, the, the intra-year maximum drawdown. In some years, it's 47%. In some years, it's 59%. It's even 
um, in the year 2000. In more recent years, last year, it was 13%. It was 23% the year before. These are the maximum amount. If you were to hold the stock, how much would you have seen it go down in a, a point in time that could have been for a month, two months, whatever it was until it bounced back up. And obviously the share price for Amazon is much higher than where it was since inception. But if you are gonna buy and hold, this is just showing you that you are gonna feel pain um, if you are caring about the, the rising and falling of these stocks. So investors obviously would have made much more than these losses, but they would have needed the uh, emotional and mental fortitude to stick it out. So this, um, this chart comes out at around this, uh, the 26 minute mark in that video, so take a look. And obviously they will discuss that in the video in more detail and probably a, a lot more thought than, than I have uh, on this. And then there's further ETF um, education. So in this one, there's uh, an, another webinar that's actually coming up and I should have included this in the further one up above, but it actually, I think it sits more in the ETF education. So this is an introduction to exchange traded funds from BetaShares. So they're just coming out with a lot of content. Uh, they talk about the different types of exchange traded products, ETPs. So there's passive versus active. There's Australian and international shares. There are sectors and thematics. There is leveraged and there's hedging. And there's plenty more. Um, so definitely check it out. And there's a registration form with a link here. And then we get to the ETF tracker app. So you can check out the app if you are subscribed um, or if you just go to the uh, the ETF tracker page, you don't actually have to subscribe. I'm gonna put that behind a, um, a subscription page. So it's only for members, but it is free. So, you know, just make sure that you do subscribe because if you become a member, you get notified of some cool things rather than just waiting uh, for when the next, um, you know, thing drops or when the, the next time that you actually come to the page. So if you become a member, you get those um, updates in your inbox. We also have the ETF tracker forum. And what I thought I would highlight was that we've been getting, um, as you know, this has just only come out in the last uh, couple of weeks, but we've started to get a few messages about uh, analyzing ETFs and portfolio reviews. So what I thought I'd show is an example. We had a request for something from DJRE, um, for sorry, the DJRE ETF. And so we took a, took a look at property related ETFs. So this is a link to the forum post where we answer that viewer question and below, you can see the type of analysis that we've been able to do um, or how you can take a look at that analysis and do it yourself within ETF Tracker. And then finally, we're on the ETF Tracker socials and below is an example of <clears throat> uh, the YouTube video that we had last week. But you can follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, tic uh, Twitter, TikTok, and LinkedIn. Um, so it is a little bit full there, but uh, just in case any one of those are your favorite, you know, we are doing quite wide coverage. So make sure you take a look at that. And yeah, just uh, if you are interested in uh, the ETF tracker app or you're interested in the newsletter, or you've got friends that are interested in all of this kind of stuff, make sure that you like, subscribe, share, and just please share the love. Um, I'm Mark, I'm from ETF Tracker. I've been your host and happy Friday, happy investing.